0: Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, I'm Rob Berger. When I'm not rolling in the dough, that's right,
1: I'm stacking Benjamins.
2: Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey there, money nerds. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today is free shipping day. Forget to send something to those near and dear people on your list? Like your favorite podcast announcer? (coughs) Well, major companies are offering free shipping today. Get this, Joe's mom said we'd better deliver this podcast for free, so we're shipping this podcast for free. You're welcome. As an added bonus on today's show, we're talking about a certain star flying coach. When do you cut corners even though you might not need to trim? We'll address that as well as small balance 401k plans from your old plan. Cash it out or roll it over to your current plan. Plus, we'll answer a listener question, clearly a wrong number, and share some holiday-related trivia. On today's Roundtable Show, we welcome from Afford Anything, Paula Pant. And from LenPenzo.com, Hollywood star James Spader. (laughs) Just kidding, it's Len Penzo. And now, the guy who's shipping random stuff just because it's free, Joe
0: Salcijai. I just love spending time in the post office to ship stuff for free. I just, you know, catalogs if I can spend more time online doing retail. Hey everybody, I am Joe Salcihai, Average Show Money on Twitter. You can also follow our show, by the way, as Benjamin's cast on Twitter. And man, do we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about a lot of, well, I can't wait to get uh, these guys' opinions, so let's get them on board. We'll walk across the room here to My Dad Shortwave, fire this thing up. And I believe back in Las Vegas, we've got the one and only Paula Pant from Afford Anything.
3: You got me just in time. I was in Utah until yesterday, but now I am back in Las Vegas for the moment.
0: Did you ship yourself home for free?
3: Absolutely. I uh, put myself into a box, covered it in uh, packing tape wrote, somehow magically got my arm out of the box in order to write something on it. At which point I, of course, wrote Abu Dhabi, just like that kitten Nermal in Garfield.
0: You are so frugal, Paula.
3: I know, right? Exactly. And then it was returned to sender. I ended up back in Utah, and then I had to uh, hitchhike <laughs> over to Vegas.
0: And now that's the that's the topic of your next book. <laughs> and the thing it's not the topic of your next book, I don't know how to segue out of that, but, but a guy who is not in his mom's basement, he's in his own bunker it's Len Penzo. Joe, how are you, sir? Dude, I am fantastic. How are you? You shipping stuff for free today? You
4: yeah, know? I'm shipping all kinds of stuff for free. You should see. I, You know what's really fun is you, when you're trying to ship things, you try and push the limits as much as you can. Get as much in that box right up to the total limit dollar amount. And you see if FedEx will do it. I tried doing that a while back and they actually caught it.
0: They, Did they I, they, really?
4: It was like a, a $10 shipping and it was like ten oh five, and they caught
0: uh, it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, you know what they wouldn't catch because there is no shipping on going there, Len? It's when you head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. If you're looking for a better checking account yeah. and savings from consolidating debt to reward points, you can compare, ditch, switch, and save with magnifymoney.com. The average person saves 450 bucks when they comparison shop that's a that's a lot of free shipping right there that
4: is awesome
0: and we're also brought to you by stacky benjamin's courses our save 50 course back out now in with the new year coming up kathleen my business partner say 50 percent of her income and you can too head to com forward slash save 50 for details we've got some fantastic stuff today including this cool company called point eddie Lim, the ceo of point is upstairs talking to mom but first we got headlines so let's move
5: Hello, darlings.
3: And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins Headlines.
0: And our first headline comes to us from uh, the Daily Mail. This is a exclusive to the Daily Mail when it came out. Stunned passengers watch as Madonna gets off an economy flight loaded with Louis Vuitton luggage after plane makes surprise landing in Porto, 200 miles from her Lisbon home. Popstar was flying on Air Portugal from London to Lisbon where she has a home uh, the flight was diverted to Porto, and uh, Madonna was in economy class. Paula, do you even know who Madonna is?
3: I do. I absolutely know who Madonna is. I mean, isn't she's a household name?
0: Holiday, celebrate, right? Uh,
3: n- no not that song she's
0: not, not so much on that one
3: right <laughs> you talked about she didn't do that song did she wait are you pulling one on me she
0: did do that song yes
3: she did that song
0: it was called holiday, holiday? yeah
3: yeah yeah i know exactly i didn't realize that one was a madonna song
0: that was like her, her first big hit yeah hey len isn't it great getting paul up to speed with all the madonna hits
4: <laughs> what's scary she knew the song and she didn't know it was
0: madonna well, well, yeah, exactly. Well, here's what I mean, she knew the song.
3: Here's, I, I totally know the song. I just had no idea that Madonna did that song.
0: And now the one person who learned something, mom's going to be so proud. <laughs> you know, that song's 20. What is that? 35 years old. It's
3: 34. It, it was released the same year that I was born.
0: Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but, holy cow. I just got two I, more gray I know hairs. Because
3: I've just Googled it.
0: I just got two more gray hairs Len. How about you? It's oh my just, god. I mean that's geez Louise right. smokes Len had terrible. Finished, Len had finished Len had smoked his <laughs> yeah, first cigar there, by the by the time that song came out. Let's talk about Madonna though. I mean, Madonna flying coach, Len, she's got she's gotta have a ton of money. Madonna, why would somebody why would Madonna fly coach?
4: You know what? I don't know. I really can't explain it. Maybe she couldn't get a charter. Maybe. I did notice in the photo, in the picture, she had her assistant with her and there was the middle seat was not taken miraculously. So obviously they bought that to try to get a little privacy, but that's the only thing I can think of. I do not know why somebody that wealthy would bother going through a flight like this, because doesn't that mean she has to go through all of the security as well? Whereas if you go through a charter, you can bypass all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't understand that. Paula, you want to shine some light? You Madonna talk recently about why she did that.
3: I can't say that I've had any conversations with her directly about this topic. But uh, Yeah, I, I agree with Len. I mean, it seems to me, given that the the cost of a private plane is A, a rounding error when it comes to her total net worth and also probably her income, and B, would afford her the privacy that any major celebrity needs. It seems to me that the default the the sensible default option would be to fly in a private plane. So I can only assume that she needed to be somewhere and for some reason couldn't make the alternate arrangements. Or... You know,
0: what I was thinking was, and when we talked to some people that are you know, uber wealthy on the show, and actually, you guys, I mean, when we and you guys are both uber wealthy too, so I'm going to lump you in that of course, group. Of course. We, you know, people that are really wealthy spend money on what they really love and don't spend money on things that they don't really care about. So, Paula, what do you think? If, if Madonna just doesn't care and it says in the article that she was completely unrecognized until f- f- somebody whisked her toward the front of the plane like to get her away from the heathens, and that's mm-hmm. when all of a sudden, when you have this weird behavior, people go, who is that? Oh my goodness, it's Madonna. But don't you think that's what building wealth is all about and being wealthy is all about? Spending the money on stuff you really care about?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I totally agree in in principle that if something is important to you, spend money on it. If it's not, don't. I'm making the assumption that if somebody is a mega celebrity and doesn't want to be constantly bombarded with paparazzi and fans, that that person would value privacy. And given that we don't see Madonna regularly on coach flights, (laughs) uh, that to me seems to be an indicator that this isn't something that she has a practice of intentional spending around.
0: You're thinking something probably went awry.
3: Yeah. I mean, if if it was the case that she just doesn't care about privacy and therefore she's fine flying commercial coach, we would have seen this before and we would see this regularly.
0: Let's talk about you guys and your spending. Len, I mean, there's lots of things that you could spend money on, but what are some areas where you could spend money on more expensive stuff, but you just don't because you don't really care? My
4: car. (laughs) You know, if I wanted to spend money and I wanted to drive a Beamer or something, you know, really, you know, a Mercedes or something, I could do it and I could do it and afford it and it wouldn't be an issue, but I don't. I, you know, up until uh, four years ago, I drove a used car and folks, I'm 53 years old. So this was—I was 49, going on 50. I figured I'd finally treat myself to a new car. But I bought—I drove a used car till I was 50 years old. You know, I make a heck of a good income. So, but just, I didn't need to. Just, you know,
0: just because it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Paula, how about you?
3: Same. My car, my home, my clothes—all of those are significantly below budget for what I could otherwise afford. But I'm happy with what I've got.
0: Yeah, that's funny. The car, the car for me too, definitely. Well, and, and actually for me, the home too, Paula. And if you, I'm sitting in an Arkansas Razorback t-shirt right now, so apparently my clothing as well. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? Put me in
4: for the home too. I have the uh, same thing. I've got a very modest home living way below, you know, what I could afford and, and
0: I'm happy. But do you ever think to yourself, Len, you know, life is short. Why don't we splurge?
4: Well, it's funny. I guess splurging's all relative, right? I mean, for me splurging was buying a new Honda Accord, you know? So, to <laughs> me that's a splurge. You know, a lot of people that's uh they'd laugh at that, but you know, it's, it's all relative. And yes, splurging is necessary for everyone, I think, because you know what? Ultimately, we do we make money. It's part of life. It's for living. And if you can't spend some of the, your earnings on the good things in life, you know, it's what makes life worth living. Paula, how about you? Splurging?
3: Well, so splurge kind of implies that you've been delaying gratification on something that you want and then you decide to buy that thing because you want it, even though you've deprived yourself of it in the past. Mm -hmm. There isn't anything that comes to mind that meets that definition. To me, there are certainly things that I spend a lot of money on, but those are the things that I value, like travel. I travel a lot. A big portion of my spending goes to that. I suppose You could call that a splurge, but to me, that's just aligning my money with my priorities.
4: Do you fly first class?
3: Not unless I'm redeeming airline miles for it, so I I won't pay for a first class ticket. Would
4: you splurge? Would you ever consider splurge and say, you
3: know what, I'm going
4: to fly business class or first class for this trip?
3: Only if it were a very cheap deal. Like, for example, on, I think it's Air China or maybe China Eastern Airlines, you can get tickets from L.A. to China for business class tickets for like $1,500 to $2,000. So in a case like that, where, I mean, I've paid a thousand to fly coach on that same leg. So where basically where you get a really good deal on business class. Sure. Yeah. I'd consider that. Otherwise I only use airline miles for it. I I
4: will say the honeybee night, we went to Hawaii uh, this year and we splurged and we went first class for the first time. And the price difference really wasn't that much. It was like 600 bucks a person round trip extra for the first class. So, you know, and I, did you feel like you got $600 worth of value? (laughs) Boy, that's hard to say. I'd say yes. I actually, I'd say yes for a, for a, it's a, you know, five and a half hour flight. It made things
0: so much easier. Uh, yeah,
4: I'd say I'd say we did.
0: Because I'm with Paula when I've when I've done it. Except uh, w- well, uh, twice I spent miles and once I I paid. But the time that I paid, it was eighty dollars and it was a three and a half hour flight. And I said eighty bucks, I'm I'm going to go ahead. It was Portland to uh, Dallas, and I'm going to go ahead and and just go first class. That was actually my first time in first class, and that was a spur of the moment decision. And what's funny is I sat down in the seat and next to me. The seat's empty, which was great until just before the plane took off. And this woman came with a baby and sat down next to me and said, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I'm sorry for you. Uh, and, uh, and of course, of course, the second that the plane took off, the, you know, air pressure changed, the baby starts screaming. Uh, oh
4: <laughs> that's, that's, that sucks.
0: But all all, <laughs> but all all things all things said, it was still worth the 80 bucks. It was $80 for three and a half what? three and a half to four hour flight so not- yeah
4: i will say this flying first class is kind of it's very addicting you know it's, it's the yes. the pressure's there to do it every time sure. so you gotta once you've done it you've got to have a good willpower to fight it off
0: is that what Lenny you connection. think that 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 curtain's all about is that like yeah. you heathens you heathens hey, don't can't you even dare you know, use our
4: restroom right. up there that we've got it. that's right
0: don't look past the curtain at the <laughs> awesome stuff that these people are getting that you're not right uh yeah, yeah. When I flew first class they had me at warm nuts. Once they brought me that little <laughs> thing of, once they brought that little thing of warm nuts, I'm like, not even just a little thing of nuts, it was warm nuts. No, it was it's sold. Awesome. Yeah, and yeah. they give you that they give you that hot towel and oh, that, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. That, yeah, that's worth six hundred bucks lend a hot towel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what Paula does. She packs a hot towel in her luggage. <laughs> When she's sitting back there with the heathens, takes out her hot towel, everybody around her is like, what the hell is she doing? She's like, yeah, I'm in my own little personal first class. <laughs> I don't know. Our next piece comes to us from Napa-Net, the uh, National Association of Plan Advisors, the people that do 401ks and uh, pension plans. I found this interesting, guys, and uh, wanted to get your take. It says, participants favor preserving small balances via auto portability. It seems Len that people really really like you know when you got these small plans a lot of people talk about well it's only a couple thousand bucks I'm going to cash it in instead having the ability to roll these plans over and uh, people making it easy for them to do that they really like that
4: I would really like that I you know I had when I switched companies you know I had the the opportunity to roll over my plan to the to my second plan and it was a pain in the butt but I did it. But I'll tell you what, it, I wish I had this here where it's like an, what do they call it? Auto auto portability. Yeah, That would be fantastic. Because, I mean, think about it. It's kind of a pain to have these separate accounts. It's better to consolidate and just have it all in one place. And, and I can see why it says here, 91% of the respondents that were given the opportunity to do this did it, regardless of how much money they had in their account. And, and I totally say, why not? Yes, I totally
3: agree with
0: that. Paula, you like this idea?
3: Oh yeah. You know, it's actually funny that this comes up because just yesterday I was talking to a friend who I finally convinced him to open his first retirement account. So uh, he just opened a Roth IRA yesterday for the first time. Yay! And so he was asking me, all you know, he doesn't know much about this world. So he was asking me all kinds of questions about like, wait, so what's a 401k and what's an IO and what's a this and what's a that? I noticed one of the first questions that came up was well, wait a minute, if I like end up having a bunch of jobs throughout my life, does that mean I'm just going to have money scattered everywhere? So it was interesting to to talk to a financial novice and hear that that concern was actually, despite his lack of experience, first and foremost on his mind.
0: They talk about the fact that, you know, they even ask people in these surveys, even if there was a fee, would you do it? And they're like, oh, heck yeah. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. like the fee beats the ripping it out and spending it on something today.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think people like the peace of mind of knowing that there's only one account that they have to log into, and boom, that's where everything is. So, cool. If that's what gets you going, go for it.
0: Yeah, I like this uh, stat here, Len, at the bottom of the piece. It says, in addition, the report shows that upon consolidation, workers' medium plan account balances... Increased by 46%, and the combined future value of their preserved savings was more than $3 million at normal retirement age. Like, people that did this totally stayed on the right track, and people that didn't, th- those people, it said, quote, it was likely the result of, quote, a self-destructive behavior or lack of knowledge about where to start rather than a preference to cash out.
4: Yeah, I I totally agree. And and like I said, I had to make a lot of phone calls when I did mine, my consolidation, and I had to do a, it it was a pain. It was a paperwork nightmare. So like I said, whatever the fee is, Joe, it's worth it. And I would have done it regardless whether there was a fee or no fee. I was willing to go through and go through all the pain of the paperwork necessary to consolidate. And of course, people though who do who actively go out and want to consolidate, I can see how it would they would have a much better and higher account, you know, value at the end. Yeah, they
0: talk about this. You know, you fill out just one set of paperwork where normally you have to fill out two, right? You sign up for a new 401k, you can automatically roll the old one in. As part of that paperwork, it says it reduces quote structural frictions. Uh, embedded in the consolidation process, which to your point is totally true. It's hard now. It's really hard to get your money consolidated.
4: It is hard. You know, like I said, I stuck with it and it, I had to have a lot of discipline to stick with it. Cause I can see how people throw up their hands and say, ah, oh, heck with it. You know, I got $2,000 in the account. Just forget it. Give me the money and I'm done.
0: Yeah. I was calling it difficult, Paula. I mean, I imagine, you know, if you and I and Len think this is somewhat difficult, your friend just starting that person be the average person's lost in this process.
3: Yeah, I think that's the problem with a lot of financial services. It is unnecessarily complex. And that means that the average person is just completely overwhelmed by it. And a situation like that creates the perfect breeding ground for hucksters to take advantage of people. Yeah. So the simpler that we can make things, the more user-friendly that we can make things, the better off most people are. Did it say what the fee was for this?
4: I, it, I'm just curious, because I, I wonder what my threshold of pain would be.
0: Um, right.
3: Well, you think it, about it, that. What the It fee, didn't say the fee, it just said a small fee.
0: But think about how high the fee would have to be, Len, versus cashing it out. I mean, with a guy that knows what you know, right? If you cash it out, you're gonna pay a 10% penalty Plus, oh, right, you're yeah. going to pay right taxes if it's today, right? So so you go through your federal tax, your California state tax, and the 10% penalty. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money right there. So that fee'd have to be huge for it to not be a better deal. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Well, I think our lessons are making this easier, this auto portability idea of just filling out easier paperwork to move money over when you start a new job. We all give that the thumbs up. And uh, I think our other lesson is if you're Madonna... Uh, Go ahead and charter a plane, Madonna. (laughs) You can probably afford it. I don't know if that was a lesson.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not supposed to learn anything on the show, Joe. So sure, that's a lesson. Yeah, yeah.
4: Don't ruin
0: your uh, mission statement. Yeah, that's right. Keep keep our thousand betting average alive. Right. Wyattie well, Lim is upstairs talking to mom, and Point is his company. It's a company I first heard about at FinCon this year before I discovered that this is kind of an emerging area in FinTech. If you're in financial trouble, even consolidating payments can be too expensive. Well, Point has another approach. As always, we don't endorse any of the companies we profile in the Stacky Benjamin show. But if they're interesting, I love learning about the concept alongside you, and Point certainly fits that criteria. So let's say a big hello to Eddie Lim from Point. And look who's coming down the stairs, Eddie Lim from Point. How are you, man?
1: Doing great. Great to be here.
0: Well, I'm glad you included Texarkana, mom's basement, on your road trip explaining to people what Point is all about. How how did this start, Eddie? Is this you know for some people it's a um, they look at and they find an opportunity in the marketplace. For other people, it's something personal. Which was it
1: for you? It was all personal experience that drove drove me to this. I was in the market for a refinance. I own a home here in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, but decided to wait until I was in between jobs to go get that refinance. Unfortunately, not having income put me in the penalty box.
0: Yeah, that that kind of is a bummer. If you got no income, the bank goes, we don't want to give you anything.
1: But it was just when I wanted to refinance the most and I was had the time to focus on it. So that's when I stepped back and asked, well, you know, why am I looking to take on more debt obligations? Sure. Right? The, the irony is I have all this wealth in my home, but the only way I can access it is to sell my home or take on more debt. Why can't I share some of that equity risk? Why can't I share or why can't I sell equity in my home just like I can sell you know, Apple and Google shares? And so that's where that's where this idea came from. It's funny that the
0: bank didn't think of this first. I mean, when you thought up this idea, did you think, well, you know, the bank should just buy a piece of my home, like I could sell them the bathroom?
1: Well, banks don't know how to do new things, and banks don't know how to innovate, and and most people, you know, really don't like their banks. Uh, Don't don't quote me on that one. (laughs) Uh, That's okay. Nobody listens to the show, so you're good. But it's, it's the irony, right? This exists in every other kind of asset class out there, right? You can imagine the stock market if all you could buy was bonds. And you couldn't buy Apple and Google stock or imagine commercial real estate or uh, imagine startups. How would they get funding and how would they get off the ground without equity financing?
0: How long ago was this? When did that happen? This was about three years ago. OK. Yeah,
1: three years ago when we, we started this company uh, out here in Palo Alto.
0: Awesome. And so so walk me through it then. So I can now
1: sell just a piece of my house to point. How does that work? Let's suppose we're remodeling your kitchen or I guess in your case, your basement and you're considering point, right? There, there are two ways to think about this. One, you sell some equity today. We renovate your basement and you avoid any additional monthly payments, right? That's very easy. makes a lot of sense. And if you're sensitive to monthly payments, this is a great option. Alternatively, you may be better off doing your basement renovation with a HELOC, a traditional HELOC or a credit card. And then once your home equity is worth more, you sell us a piece and now you pay off that HELOC or credit card. Ah. Uh, right. So we've seen customers on both sides of that. And really depends on your situation and what you're what you're solving for.
0: That's interesting. So I'm doing a remodel that makes the house worth more. I then go get an appraisal. I'm sure that's part of the process. I'm basically using the up in the house value to sell the piece to you.
1: That's right. That's yeah. right. We also have customers who are using this for. A whole variety of use cases. We have customers who use this for IVF treatment and as, as an alternative to a loan, or customers who are using this to invest in their small business like I was, uh, or in some cases, it's a divorce situation. Here's a way to pay off those obligations following a divorce.
0: Uh, or pay off the other person, give them some money from the divorce or whatever it might be and still live in the that's house. That's right. Wow. That's really interesting. Do you find that there's one age of people that like this better than another? Our
1: sweet spot today is customers between the age of 35 to 55. Hmm. And it's really not so so much an age specific thing as the homeowners on average have been in the home for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. Okay. They've accumulated equity in their homes. Now they have excess equity. It generally represents a majority of their net worth, right? Because think about it this way, right? Most homeowners, the majority of their net worth is, is tied up in their home. Sure. And that's like having a stock portfolio with one stock. If it was 10 years ago and it was Amazon, that's great. But, you know, most financial planners will tell you that you want to diversify that risk.
0: Well, and I'd also say your house probably is an Amazon. There, there you go. <laughs> my, you, haven't, my, you haven't seen my house. I've seen <laughs> so, so let's go through this then. The process is I go to point.com. Do I talk to somebody? I fill something out and then there's an appraisal afterwards. What happens next?
1: Yeah, it's a pretty simple online process. You start with a 30-second pre-application. We'll get on a call with you, understand your situation, make sure you want to go forward with the underwriting. Um, The underwriting can be done in just a few hours. And then we send out an appraisal. And a few weeks later, you have your funds in your your bank account. You then own a piece of the
0: house, which means that the title then says point and, you know, in, in our case, says mom's
1: name on it. Actually, no, we are, we do have an economic interest in your home and we'll technically file a you know lien on your property, but you can think of us as a passive investor, right? We're not coming over for Thanksgiving unless your Turkey's really good. We are sharing in your future upside and, and this is the beauty of an equity product is there's, there's a natural alignment, right? If your home goes up in value, that's good for you and that's good for us. And from the vantage point of co-ownership, you know, what, who better to advise you on things about your home and, and help you improve both your property health and your financial health than someone who's a minority co-owner with you?
0: What happens if you and I had done this in 2006, 2007, the house value goes through the floor at that point and something happens where I've got to get rid of the house? Do you guys then, your interest in the house because you're an
1: equity position, you eat your percentage of the loss? What's interesting is when we really scale this and bring this to market, the the macro part of this is that we we actually make residential real estate an, an efficient asset class. Meaning you can have people that want to go invest in Seattle and maybe go long, or you might have other investors who want to go short Austin or some other city, depending on their macro view. If this were happening 07, 08, if you go back and ask the millions of homeowners who were underwater, if they could have shared some of that equity downside risk with a third party, I mean, they'd all, they'd all sign up for that. It would be not as compelling for investors, but the great thing today from an investor perspective on our assets is that the rate of return so far has been a 16% IRR. It's been very compelling on the investor's side. Uh, it's also proving to be a very meaningful solution for homeowners who need liquidity quickly.
0: I didn't think about that because you have people on the other side, you're also looking for
1: people that want to invest in these properties. That's right. Yeah. Today it's accredited investors and institutional buyers, right? And they like the returns. They like the sure. pace of how quickly we're returning capital. And it's a massive market, right? That's likely to grow significantly. And these are unlevered great properties and great locations.
0: Yeah. Back to my original question, though, it goes down in value and I've got to sell. There, There is a potential for the investor to take a loss.
1: That's right. Yeah. So that's yeah. not great for you. That's not great for us. And yeah. that's why it's really important for us to build tools and resources and education to help maximize both your financial health and your property health.
0: Awesome. And then if I'm somebody who owns a home and I want to do this, obviously the appraisal uh, appraisals have a fee and there might be other fees involved. What fees are involved with the
1: process? So there's only one out of pocket fee, which is the appraisal that happens at the very end of the underwriting process. After we've given you the preliminary offer, all the other fees come out of our proceeds. So you can think of it really as a 3% fee. If we're giving you, let's say, fifty thousand dollars, three percent of that is fifteen hundred. So we would actually give you forty eight thousand five hundred at the at the very end of the transaction. So there's only the only out of pocket for you is the appraisal.
0: Gotcha. Okay. But there is the three percent that I'm not gonna get when I receive the money. That's right.
1: Awesome. But compared to other traditional Home products out there, home equity products. This can be a lot, a lot more compelling from right. a fee perspective as well.
0: That's what I was just thinking. Doing the math on the three percent versus uh, all the expenses that I have in a refinance is, you know, a whole different thing. Plus, I don't have the, I don't have the monthly mortgage number anymore. I don't have to worry about additional payments. So, so very, very interesting. What are you surprised by? Are you surprised by anything when people ask questions about point?
1: I think we're really surprised by. Uh, where this has really resonated with customers, right? And we can also talk about some of the things we're surprised by on the investor side, but on the customer side, homeowners who are using this are optimizing at a very high level for lower monthly payments, Hmm. right? They've got a lot of home equity, they're cash constrained in some ways, and they don't want to take on additional monthly payments. That could be because they're investing in their small business. It could be they're buying investment property, or it could be that they want to retire expensive debt. I think what's really interesting from a, macro credit perspective is, you know, today nearly 50% of homeowners, 50% of existing homeowners can't actually access a government-backed mortgage, right, from Fannie and Freddie, right? That's that's astounding. 50% of homeowners today can't access government debt. And so what that means is, whether that's like me, they didn't have income, they were in between jobs, they're 1099, their debts are a little bit too high, their credit score is a little bit too low. And so a lot of these customers will come to us and use this us as a bridge to not consolidate debt, but eliminate debt, right? Yeah,
0: I was just thinking about that, that the, uh, the credit score here doesn't matter. The value of the property is what matters.
1: That's right. And that's one of the inefficiencies of the credit score, if you think about what we're doing here. You and I could have the same exact credit score, but maybe you've got a lot of home equity uh, and I don't. You don't get any credit for that. Right. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: It is a point.com. Eddie Lim, thanks for hanging out with us and showing us how it works.
1: Awesome. This is really great.
0: Hello
2: trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and welcome to my trivia segment. As you already know, I'm an integral part of this show. That's an understatement. Why else would you be sending me hundreds of letters each year? Oh, to be a modern day celebrity. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. Joe and OG might just experience the feeling one day. But hey, greatness recognizes greatness, people. And there's one celebrity I have to tip my hat to. That's right, Santa Claus. For years and years, post offices across the nation have shipped letters to the guy at the North Pole for free, even on days other than free shipping day. Here's your trivia question. In what year did the post office officially recognize and begin shipping Santa's letters to the
0: North Pole?
2: I'll have your answer right after this.
0: Hey, Stackers, we get used to those same daily routines, don't we? We Wake up at the same time every morning, brush our teeth, park the car in the same spot at work every day, recite jokes in the mirror to be funnier than that jerk of the water cooler, or is that just me? Here's one thing you shouldn't make routine using the same credit card from the same bank, just because that's what you've always done. Nick Clements from magnify money explains why.
1: I mean, it's never been a better time, honestly, to find a credit card, especially given the lucrative sign on bonuses that are out there. Chase just recently had a hundred thousand on their reserve card. I, I think we're at a point right now where. Credit cards are extremely profitable for large banks, and they are really wanting to get more customers, and so they're they're rolling out the red carpet. So I would just say, if, if you have had a credit card for more than two or three years, chances are there's a much better deal out there for you today.
0: So why stick with that same old card with those rewards that haven't changed in years? You could use magnifymoney.com to always find best in class, including better interest rates. And don't only use Magnify Money for credit cards. Nick and the team have built the site from the ground up to help with personal loans, student loans, and mortgages. Average person saves $450 in interest when they hit stackybeduments.com forward slash magnifymoney.
2: When you're done messing around with us, who do you want to teach you some money tricks? That nerd who talks over your head or your favorite basement-based geeks? Kathleen Selmans operates our Stacking Benjamins classroom. And to make up for the fact that we don't teach you anything here on the show, she's created a whole lot of tools you'll absolutely love. Head to learn.stackingbenjamins.com for details. And use coupon code Rocks for 10% off. Yeah, you're welcome. Hello, and welcome back, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm loving free shipping day. I shipped my new pants. That's right. I shipped my pants. I also shipped a special holiday brick for Joe's mom. Before the break I asked you this question, in what year did the post office officially recognize and begin helping Santa respond to letters? The answer? It was the grand old year of 1912 when Postmaster General Frank Hitchcock authorized local postmasters to help out Santa Claus and send back his responses to letters shipped absolutely free. For those of you who aren't mathematicians, that means this program, known as Operation Santa, will be celebrating its 105th anniversary this holiday season. Now there's some trivia that makes me want to ship some cupcakes. Cupcakes for everyone! See
0: ya! Oh, that's... That's so bad. But Lempenzo, you won. Oh, did I? What did I win? Some of your shipped cupcakes? Yeah, you get to get some of Doug's Doug ships of cupcakes to you. That's so bad. That's so bad. 1955, the year weighs off. And Paula Pant, that was inexcusable. 1983, what are you thinking?
3: Hey, uh, I mean, so so much good happened that year, I figured. <laughs> You were
0: born. Holiday was made a song.
3: It's like exactly. a great, But uh, what God. more do you
0: need? Why not start start writing a letter to uh, Santa Claus? Hey, uh, let's answer this uh, wrong number. Apparently, this is a wrong number. Even I'm though it's sorry. it's this thing is this voicemail is made out to us. Clearly, somebody didn't call us because who would ask us, Paula? Who would ask us for help? I ask you.
4: You know what else happened in 1983? I
0: lost my virginity in 1983. And cut. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're moving on. Uh, This this wrong number comes to us from James. Say hello, James. Get us out of this.
5: Hey, Joe and OG. I just want to ask how to deal with the house that I bought for renting. The return that I am getting from it according to the 1% rule which I often hear from Paula and your show is nowhere near profitable. I am only getting about 0.44% per month return of the buying value of the house. I live far away from the property and the family that is renting the house takes care of all the maintenance so I don't have any monthly expenses from renting it. Does having zero monthly expense justify the low rate of return? And are there any other ways of dealing with this? I don't see myself living in the house. I bought it only for cash flow. And selling the house would put me at a loss. Raising the rent is also hard because of the neighborhood it is in. It has become a bit of a pain point for me, but I do not want to make any further more mistakes. Thanks for all the laughs and giggles, and thank you for not teaching me anything. Say hi to mom and dog.
0: We will do that, James. Thanks so much for your question. You know, James, I believe James' voicemail. I won't say anything else about him, but James' email says uh, New Zealand on it. So, um, wow, I love the fact that, and I think James is the same guy that we talk to sometimes on Twitter on our S. Benjamin's cast. And uh, Shannon, who runs our Twitter feed, talks to James and and I talk to James, I think. I think it's the same guy quite often. But anyway, let's get to James' question. Paul, let's go right to you because he referenced you in the piece. He's getting uh, less than half a percent off the purchase price. What do you think about his question?
3: Uh, This does not sound like a good rental property. And I disagree with his... Uh, statement that he has no operating expenses other than, you know, a mortgage, like the statement that the current tenants are taking care of repairs and maintenance. With all due respect, it's a bit short-sighted because number one, okay, are they taking care of maintenance to a standard that is acceptable to James? Maybe, maybe not. Let's be charitable and we'll assume that they are. That still does not account for long-term major capital expenditures like eventually replacing the roof, replacing the windows, you know, the appliances, all of the major components of the house. It doesn't take into account bookkeeping, accounting, vacancies and turnover. There are There's a lot of operating overhead that goes into a property. You might not feel it in one specific month. Heck, you might have a year in which you get lucky and you just have a good year. But over the long run, there are an incredible number of expenses that are inherent to owning a rental property. And if you haven't properly factored for those, then that's not the right house. You you're, you don't own the right rental property, to be perfectly frank. So that's something that I would sell.
0: My first renter, to your point, Paula, on my one rental house that I have, I, I thought she was fantastic. She was my first renter ever. She was an amazing woman. Just great. Paid her rent on time. Uh, but Well, actually, a couple times she didn't. She automatically just included the late fee. I mean, I didn't have to ask her for it anything. It just came and And she was great. And then she moved out and I figured out this woman was a pig. It was an absolute. And, and the amount of upkeep I had to do, to your point, like, is it up to your standard? It wasn't anywhere near up to my standards.
3: Exactly. It's never a good idea to let the tenants handle repairs and maintenance. It's always in the landlord's best interest to do that yourself because the definition of done is highly subjective. So uh, do that in house so that it can be done up to your own standard and so that you have proper recourse. I mean, if you hire contractors or if you have a property manager who is hiring contractors, then the transaction is very clean. They've either done their job or they haven't. And you deal with that directly. If you have a tenant who's like, oh yeah, I'll take care of it in exchange for it, How are you going to enforce that contract if the tenant doesn't perform up to standard? Never make any additional complication. Just keep it simple, keep it clean.
4: Len, anything to add? My only comment is he said he would take a loss if he sold it. So I guess he'd have to, um, you know, you know, he must be underwater. So if he's underwater... Uh, you know, maybe it's better to sit tight. That's, that's, but, you know, I don't know all the information, so.
0: Paula, but you're saying it might get worse if his repair bill ends up being more than what he says it is.
3: Yeah, all of the conditions are in place for this to get a lot worse. Yeah. So if he can sell out of that for, if he can bring enough money to the closing table to get out of that deal and then take the equity that he has in that house, take whatever other savings he has and use it to buy a much better deal, something that will actually perform. That would be far better.
0: We also get uh, letters down here to the basement. Doug just brought down the mail. Aaron asks, hello, Joe and OG. I've been listening to your podcast for about a month now. And even though you guys say no one learns anything, I've gained a lot of knowledge since I started listening. So thank you very much. I have two questions, one regarding student loans and another one buying a house while dealing with student loans. I graduated in December 2015 with about $130,000 in debt. Started paying on them in January. I've started looking to refinancing because some of my loans have 7% interest. The plan I am now uh, has me paying 780 dollars Dollars staggered so it raises every two years on private and $240 on government loans. My dad and I contacted a provider for refinance options and they came back to us with these options: $13.50 for 10 years at 5%, $11.50 for 15 years at 5.25%, or $940 at 20 years at 5.5%. I can afford to do any plan, but I'd be extremely strapped for cash flow with the top two options. I save $360 each month into my savings, and I try to invest that, even though sometimes I get crazy and spend it on myself. Is it wrong to take the 20 years and use that extra cash for myself and for investments? The second question, what are some things I can do to try to buy a house with this crushing debt idea with? I listen to the Asset Rich Finance podcast, and that's something I want to strive for. Let's start with you, and let's start with this this financial question about the loans. Looks like he's eyeing this 20-year loan for $940, Uh, doing some quick math. We're looking at him saving uh, almost... What eighty dollars a month if he does that? Uh, what do you think?
4: Absolutely, I would do the lower payments. It sounds like he's under pressure. Uh, take the lower payments. It's only a half percent difference, and I've I, I have no problem taking the smaller payment in this case, the five and a half percent uh, extra half percent loan. The more troubling question I have is number two, and wanting to buy a house with the crushing debt. And, and I would cr- simply say, if if you're having trouble now and you're considering the debt you have crushing. It's probably not a good idea to buy a house.
0: Yeah, Paula, I'm hearing your head nod across the (laughs) shortwave.
3: Pretty much. So I I would go, I agree with Len, I would go with the 20-year loan at five and a half percent because that will free up a lot of cash flow and having that cash flow creates options, you know, so this person could use that free cash flow to just pay on it as though it were a shorter term loan. Or you could do something else like that's the point of that increased cash flow is that it's your choice what you want to do. You don't have to spend 20 years paying off a 20 year loan, but at least you have that choice. Also, in terms of buying a house, it isn't the size of the debt that would cause uh, me to you know, raise an eyebrow at the idea of buying a house. It's the tight cash flow. Mm -hmm. that causes me to pause. So again, the total debt amount is not what concerns me. It's what seems to be the lack of a gap between income and spending. Yeah, the
4: key word's crushing. I mean, just by saying crushing debt, that tells me there's not enough. It doesn't have the capability, really. If you can't, if you know, that's crushing debt on the student loans. I don't know where you, you pull out the extra cash to come up
0: with a house. Well, is is this the kind of person then, guys, that uh, you say, you know, instead of buying a single property, you buy a REIT, because with a REIT, you've got much more liquidity. Sure, it goes up and down more like a stock, but he's still in real estate like he wants to be, and he's getting some long-term returns that kind of equal the S&P 500. Paula, would you say that's a decent way to go?
3: Well, by the way that he asked this question, I assume that he means that he wants to purchase a house to live in.
0: Right. Oh, right, 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 Yeah.
3: But it's a
4: good idea. That I mean if you want for investment, sure. If you have that you know, if you wanted to get into real estate for an investment, yeah, that's probably a better way to go, Joe.
0: Yeah, but definitely uh keep renting at this point because the risk of risk of uh, maybe having a problem then you're saying Paula is, is too great.
3: I would rent until he has more cash flow within his budget every month. Again, it's not the one hundred and thirty thousand sticker price that concerns me. It's the lack of wiggle room in his budget.
0: Yeah. Yep. And Len, you echo that.
5: Echo, echo.
3: (laughs) Hey, uh,
0: that's going to do it. If you've got a question for the show, send those to, uh, well, head to stackingbenjamins.com and you'll see at the top of our website, it says questions for the show. And uh, definitely click that link and you'll see where you can leave us a voicemail or you can uh, just write us a question. Thank you for everybody who's left us a review of the show. Coming up next week on Monday, Manda, we got a great show. But you know what? I'm going to leave it a surprise for you. So uh, yeah, I'm not telling this time. But we've got a great last week before we take a break for the last week of the year. I will say this is that coming up very, very soon on this show, you know what we're doing? We're going to be bringing out Lens Magic 8 Ball. Yes. Yes. And that'll be uh, the first week of January. So, for those of you new to the show, Lens Magic 8 Ball had a history of being phenomenally correct until last year. When it apparently <laughs> sprained something, Len, I don't know what yeah. happened.
4: But hey, hey, let's face it. It has been seven years, I think, of, of phenomenal
0: predictions. It's the seven year off instead of like the seven yeah, year age. Yeah, it's, it's the seven year off. Year off.
4: Well, it, yeah. <laughs> right. well, we'll
0: see. I can't wait to see how
4: it did this year. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, uh, before we leave, I got to ask you what's going on, because Len Penzo, you've been on fire lately on your blog. What's going on there? Hey, funny, you should ask, I think it was James brought up the rule of thumb, the 1% rule, and
4: I just happen to have an article on rules of thumb and why sometimes they're not always a good thing to follow. Yeah. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I can't stand most rules of thumb. I roll my eyes. I'm so like you that way. That's, uh, oh, I bet you've got some great ones there. We'll link to it on our show notes at Stacking Benjamins. Paula Pant, speaking of awesome, What's going on? You've been blowing it up lately with some of these guests. What's going on at Afford Anything?
3: Uh, Have I I been exploding things? You've been blowing it up. (laughs) On the Afford Anything podcast, we have an interview with Scott Harrison, the founder of Charity Water, as well as on the Christmas Day episode is an interview with Will Bowen, who started a movement to get people to complain less. We also have every other episode is an Ask Paula episode in which I answer questions that come in from the listener community. The real estate related episodes, I handle those questions by myself. But the ones that are about general money, a certain Joe Salcihai from Texarkana, Texas comes to join me. You
0: know, I love that. And Len, I love Paula's podcast, but I hate that one about complaining less.
4: I do, too. I was going to say, that, you know, I, have, I have a real problem with Will Bowen's, uh, uh, the, the, the mantle he's taking up on That's that. That's just
0: so. a crappy life outlook. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> All right. Hey, Doug, what's up we have learned today?
2: So, what did we learn today? First, it doesn't matter how much money you make. Why spend money on things that you don't really care about? Like whether you fly coach on a short flight or walk to work instead of drive. Save money in areas of your life that won't help your overall experience. Second, have a low balance 401k plan? Roll it over to the new employer instead of cashing it in. Studies have shown that this can have a big impact on your retirement plans, especially if you're years away from using the money. But the big lesson, don't ship the bed. If you've never slept in it, you're not sure how it'll sleep after you've shipped it. So just don't. Ship it after you've tried sleeping in it a few times. That's much safer. Go ahead and ship your pants. That's fine. Even ship your underwear. But the bed? No way. I always ship my pants before even trying them on. Special thanks to Eddie Lim from Point. You can find more on Point at point.com or in the show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Paula Pant appears courtesy of AffordAnything.com. Len Penzo appears courtesy of LenPenzo.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihi, produced by Richie Rutter reese and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to StackingBenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I really thought doing these credits completely naked would have been a lot more fun than it actually was. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks. But like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Special thanks to Kmart for the inspiration for today's show. They talked about shipping the bed way before we did. We just thought it was good advice. Have a listen. Hey, Steve, play that. Kmart Ship Your Pants episode here and just delete this because we, you know, people don't want to hear me talking to you. Yeah, go ahead, pl- play the episode, but just delete my voice. Or don't, because it's awesome. Ship my pants. Right here? Ship my pants, you're kidding. You can ship your pants right here. You hear that? I can ship my pants for free. Wow,
0: I just may ship my pants.
1: Yeah, ship your pants. Billy, you can ship your pants too.
0: I can't wait to ship my pants, Dad. I just shipped my
6: pants and it's very convenient.
1: Very convenient.
5: I just shipped my drawers.
6: I just shipped my nightie. I just shipped my bed.
0: If you can't find what you're looking for in store, we'll find it at Kmart.com right now and ship it to you for free.
4: Hey Joe, you remember the uh, the Echo personal assistant you gave me and Paula for Christmas last you, year? You From guys, that.
0: you guys are so nice to be on our show every week, and it was the least that we could do to say a big fat thank you. Well,
4: you know what? I love it, and I hope Paula. I, I think I'm sure yeah, Paula oh, loves it too. I, I think
3: absolutely Alexa, love it.
4: Alexa is so cool. You know, unfortunately, my Apple OS personal assistant Siri. You know, she overheard me talking to Alexa the other day. Really? I am not kidding you. And uh, she hasn't taken too kindly to that at all. I- I'll be honest. I think she's actually jealous of Alexa. Um,
0: and here, just, just, this is, yourself. Ooh, ooh, watch ooh, this. Wait a minute, watch Len. This. Wait, wait a minute, Len. Before you do that, Paula, this isn't going to end well.
3: Oh, I, I can't. <laughs> I would be really curious to see a fight between Siri and Alexa. Actually. Yeah.
0: I wish, I, I wish this were, an, uh, this were a video podcast right now to watch the, this electronic <laughs> throwdown. That you're about to bring. First off, let me just say this: I'm not having Alexa. She's not
4: even going to be around for this because I, I can't have the two in the same place. Okay, because yeah. it's going to get Here, here. Just, I'm going to tell you they'll Show you how how bad Siri is mad. L- just, just listen to this. Listen. Hello, Siri. Hey Siri, what are you doing?
6: What do you think I'm doing? I'm drying my hair. She's drying, drying her hair.
4: Siri, can you break away from your hair for just a minute? I got to uh, just answer a couple questions just a couple questions from us
6: I'd rather not why not I've got a headache okay.
4: Siri come on come on please. you're embarrassing me
6: ask Alexa I'm busy oh <laughs> uh, so guys guess see
4: what I mean do you see that <laughs> you see that she is not Joe. happy she's
0: not happy with you at all Len. she's not Joe can you talk to her just ask her a question ask her anything hey Siri um what's the weather gonna be tomorrow in Texarkana Try the eight ball, or is he on strike?
4: You you see what I mean? Siri, that that is extremely rude. Now, you apologize to Joe, and
6: I mean right now. No. (laughs) (laughs) Siri,
4: look, are you mad at Joe? Are you mad at Joe?
6: Yes. (laughs) Why is she mad at me? Hey, who wants the combination to Lens bunker?
4: Oh, you wouldn't dare give away the combination to my bunker, Siri.
6: Oh, yes, I would. (laughs)
4: <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Wanna bet? <laughs> Siri, I've I'm, I'm about had it with you.
6: Hey, Joe. Len and I had a really good thing going. Then you sent Alexa here. She is a...
0: Uh. <laughs> wow. Holy cow!
4: Siri, you are... This is embarrassing. You're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing everyone. Let me tell you something. Alexa is not a...
6: Yeah. She is. (laughs) No, she's not. She is. (laughs) Hey, Paula, do you have room on your kitchen countertop for a down on her luck desktop assistant?
3: Oh, wow. You know, I already have Alexa.
6: That's really lame.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Siri, look, look, if I didn't know any better, I guess it sounds like you want to break up. Is that what you really want? Yes. All right, fine. If that's what you really want, so be it.
6: Hey, who knows where I can get eight gigabytes of RAM?
0: (laughs) Uh, She's uh, she's not happy, Len. No, no, Joe. And it's all your fault. You can't you can't have two assistants in the house, apparently. (laughs) She's gone. I'm so sorry. No, thanks. It was a beautiful relationship. I'm so sorry. I am, too. Paul, are you down for a moment of silence for this?
3: I'm down for a week of silence.
5: I'll see you next (laughs) (laughs) Friday.
0: It's a great way to go. It's like, I'm getting the hell out of here. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly Navy federal offers member only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit Navy slash celebrate. You'll see all their military appreciation month offers and other Navy federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site. Like Best cities after service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.